Welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void. Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 276. And today, not only are we going to be celebrating my birthday, but we are also going to be watching and reviewing and trivia and all the good stuff of two movies. One being one of my favorite movies of all time. So you are a spoiler alert on that. We might have even fucking reviewed this movie, but it's Videodrome from 1983 and Moonfall from 2022. Happy yes. birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Every year since fucking the C-bomb, nobody knows what fucking birthdays are anymore, you know, because we haven't been out. <laughs> we don't have friends anymore. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> anyway, so how are you doing today, Christina? I got a really rad haircut, so... A really rad? Bad. Oh, it's not like you said rad. I got a bad haircut, and then just preparing... I don't think it looks that bad, Just guys. preparing for your birthday. Just She's preparing. just been in a shit mood ever since she got her hair done, and I don't, even, I don't even think it looks bad. Like, I thought she looked, like, worse before. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, she's, like, worried about how she looks now, making her think it looks a certain way, and I don't think it does, so... Yeah. Yeah, deal with it, all right? I am. Yeah. Uh, Not very well, by the way. Thanks for (laughs) helping. I don't know. I mean, I don't, like, my hair's fucked. Like, I don't got no hairstyle, so you think think it's bad for you? You can grow yours out. Mine doesn't even grow anymore. (laughs) So what are you doing for your birthday? Uh, We were pretty much just going to do whatever. I don't know. I think I wanted to make mac and cheese, like homemade mac and cheese. (laughs) From TikTok? (laughs) Yeah, I saw somebody make it, and it just made me want to make it, like, really bad. Like, it looks so good, and uh, I don't know why I want that. We we might go out and eat hamburgers. Um, Yep. Because we're pretty, like, we don't we don't need to go, like, fancy all the time. You know what I mean? Like, we just, it's just right. the act of going out, mm-hmm. really, that we enjoy. We were going to go see a movie, Everything and Nothing at All in One Place, or whatever the fuck that yeah. movie is. But I don't know if I can stay awake. I've been having this fucking, you know, either I'm diabetic or dying or just narcoleptic suddenly. But I can't fucking stay awake, guys. Like, I'm having a, a fucking hard time. Christine literally has to wake me up. While we're sitting here watching movies. He's asleep right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pissing in my mouth and I have no idea. I don't even know how I'm talking. I'm, I'm asleep right now. But it's weird. It's like if I have something that like can focus me like this or like something like video games, I can stay awake. But even then, when I'm playing video games, I'll, I'll literally just nod off and then like I'll be killed by something in the game, you know, or fall off a ledge because I just like... 
<laughs> so I'm trying to get that under wraps. I, I don't really know. Trying to get healthier. I'm going to quit smoking. That's a big new thing. Trying. Yeah, like life slapped me hard and said, you know, maybe you should start being a little bit more healthier. It slapped me so hard. It was like, you know, fucking Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sick of that. Dude. I know everybody is. Oh. But, I, but we didn't get to talk about it because we literally watched it the day after we recorded last week. Right. And I feel fucking ripped off by that. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of takes. I don't know. You motherfuckers out there. I love you no matter what, no matter how crazy or completely wrong you are. <laughs> Some people I've talked to are just swear up and down that that was like everything was done uh, so that the Academy could get bigger numbers. And I'm like, dude, Will Smith and fucking Chris Rock, their stars are shining pretty fucking bright, dude. They have been stars for literally 30 fucking years, dude. Like they're Plus. that is like you are talking the upper echelon other than Sir Anthony fucking Hopkins. These guys stars. Everybody wants to be these stars. You know what I mean? To have that kind of memory or, or fondness of them, you know, because for the most part, I'd say everybody pretty much likes Chris Rock and Will Smith for the most part. Right. Right. You know, other than the Scientology thing. and <laughs> who, is, who is Scientology? Isn't fucking Will Smith Scientologist? I didn't, I didn't think he was. Yeah, I think he is. But I, I don't know. Maybe he's like a Jack Scientologist, however you put it. Oh, you know, know how they call him Jack Mormons? Like right. <laughs> Jack Scientologist. <laughs> he's a Jack Scientologist. <laughs> so he only donates half of his fucking income. <laughs> Isn't he with like, you know, Tom Cruise? A ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's funny. I, I like all the like the funny memes that came out about it and all the people who were just, you know, I just thought it was funny. It's nice to have drama. Yeah, it's like watching like NASCAR the at the Oscars now, you know, next time someone's going to get fucking shot. <laughs> it's funny, too, because you I usually watch the Oscars, but you never do. And so what happened was I, was I don't even. It, yeah. And she and was I, watching. I it. went to bed because usually they're just, they just get boring and I couldn't stay up. So I literally went to bed and then Alex comes running into the room and he, and he said, all I heard was was Will Smith hit rock. And I was like. The Rock. She woke up. Will yeah. Smith hit the Rock. Yo, Will Smith knocked fucking Dwayne the Rock Johnson out. That would have been something. That's man. what I heard. So uh, that, that I woke up and I started. Running oh man, I wonder if that would have happened. Like, would that have ruined Dwayne the Rock Johnson's career? I doubt Like, if it. he got knocked out by Will Smith or something like he that. Didn't, he didn't even get punched. I know, but I'm just hypothetically making jokes here because no one gives a shit anyway. I know. I don't care. We're talking about it too much anyway. So I don't even yeah. care about the Oscars. Like, I have no care. Although I will say this is probably one of the, the most, this was one of the most diverse oh, yeah. uh, offerings for winning in the history of of the Oscars, and literally. I'm so glad that guy won for Best Supporting Coda? Actor for Coda because he lives in Mesa, Arizona. Right, that's right. He's from... And he thanked Mesa, Arizona. His speech oh, I thought too. you were going to say thank me. I was like, what? You know him? I don't know about no. this. No. I'm just saying, it was kind of, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Got some homegrown talent. There's not all crazies well, here. A, we're not just Florida too to everybody, there's okay? There's a huge deaf community here. A what? There's a huge... Deaf oh, deaf. Here. I'm sorry. I thought you said death. I was like, yeah, because people die a lot here. Like, what do you mean? Well, well, there's a lot of weird crime out here. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm not making a joke against deaf people, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, I thought you said death. <laughs> She's like, look at me like, no, no, abort, abort. <laughs> Go back, delete. 
But yeah, I don't know. It's just been funny. What else has been going on in, in our in our world lately? Oh, what did we watch recently? We watched Moon Knight. Oh, the show. The Moon Knight show was fucking kick ass, dude. Fucking Oscar Isaac was fucking good. Yeah, it was good. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And it doesn't look low budget. No, not at all. It doesn't feel low budget. And I think if this season goes well, he'll definitely get his own movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is kind of like the... I don't know if this is the origin story or not, but it's really interesting how they're doing it. And I really enjoy the comedy and the humor in it. I was not expecting the adult humor in this. Right. I I had a few Moon Knight comics when I was a kid, you know, didn't think anything of it. Like, I never really realized. I don't know. You know, it was kind of towards the end of my whole. I thought he looked cool as fuck. Supposedly, he wears white so that everybody can see him coming. Oh, that's what I think that was a quote from one of the comics. Yeah, he's like, I don't wear black. Like, he's like Batman trying to hide from everybody so he can get him. He's like, I wear white so he can see me coming. It's fun. What else did we watch? We've been watching a few uh, movies. We didn't get to watch as many movies this last week because I was having so much troubles with everything. But this week, I think we've been kind of having some fun. I've been watching the Halo show. I've been watching a lot of we, non-horror stuff, We watched really. No Time to Die. No Time to... Yeah, we watched No Time to yeah, Die. That was good. That was a good wrap-up. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Him being 007. Dude, what a tragic ending, eh? Yeah, I guess. That's his last film. I just that's one way to go out. He's such a good actor. <laughs> he was really good in it. I think you're gonna be people are gonna sorely miss him in some way. They're like, hell no, not in that misogyny bullshit. And I'm like, that's what 007 was. But I thought I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. He's a really good actor. I'd love to see him in more irreverent comedies, I guess they call it now. <laughs> Is that one of the categories on like Netflix or some shit? I have shit? no idea. Irreverent comedies. Uh, what else what are you looking forward to for horror? We got a few movies that are coming out that I'm really, The Hatchling, the Hatching. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of shows that we're looking at. We've been watching From. Oh yeah, that's The that's TV okay. show. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's like a six or a seven, but it's enough to keep us interested. Yeah, to we're, know what happens. Right, like it's kind of, eh. We were watching Servant, but after two seasons, we were like, okay, look. You were like, this is I'm some still, lost bullshit. I, I'm still into it, but yeah, he's he's done. I'm getting irritated because it's like, how long are you going to keep me on the fucking hook, dude? Like, I am not. Look, they already returned the baby. It's, they're just keeping me close enough to keep me interested, but then never telling me a goddamn thing of value. Like, it's all like choking my balls and not enough fucking showing me what the goods. You know what I mean? You're so weird. It's all foreplay. You're That's so, all it is. You're so weird. You you can't know everything. I didn't say I needed to know everything. I like, I've been watching for two fucking seasons. Yeah, How many hours? Hold on. Hold on. Hold, we binged hold on. it. We're binging it. Hold on. You just laid some fucking serious words down. Let me what? ask you something. How many episodes were in the first season, Christina? I don't know, like six? Six? Oh, okay. So six to nine. <laughs> I think it was nine episodes. Okay. So two seasons of nine episodes, that's 18 motherfucking hours, okay? And I watch a movie from an hour to three hours long, you know, I can get bored so with, with nothing happening on the screen so, after 18 hours. Okay. I think that's okay. Yeah, so you're saying within the 18 hours, nothing has happened? I mean, very minimal shit. There's really nothing that's happened in that show. All it is, is like I said, it's it is fucking literally just foreplay and no sex. Like, I mean, foreplay can be sex. Just fuck you guys. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's all <laughs> it's all chafing and no fucking actual sex. By the time you get your your genitals wet. Wait, 
But you like Lady in the Water. Yeah, because shit actually <laughs> happens. Not you really. see stuff on the screen. Name one thing that's happened in the fucking show. She All right, is... you're gonna spoil it for everybody. Just stop. It's okay. it's it's just a lot of chafe. It's a lot of jerking me off and no pleasure. Okay. Okay, we know. You've said it like five times. That's what it is, though. Okay. Then I mean, maybe it gets good. You maybe you guys you can tell me. You don't watch it. I'll watch it. Uh, I... I'll watch it. I'll let you know. I just got bored of it a little while. I didn't say I wanted to quit. I just I'm just getting tired of it. It's like lost. Like you never fucking figure out anything. Everything weird starts happening and everybody just accepts it as part of the story. Oh, well, mystery, mystery. And then by the end, nobody gives a shit anymore. <laughs> That's what happened with and Lost. And then it ends. Yeah. And then yeah. it's over and then people are dissatisfied yeah, and they hate like themselves. Just like The Walking Dead too. No, The Walking Dead actually has fucking gore and scenes of then fucking- Then why did you stop watching it? Because it got silly. Yeah. It got silly. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, the comics boring. are kind of silly too. It got but- boring. I don't know. Anyway, I think it might be that time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Horse <laughs> shots! All right, guys. So we decided to do a shot themed around one of the best movies ever made. Is it Videodrome? Yeah, it's Videodrome, oh, of course. Okay. And we decided on Betamax, which is a play on words because Max Wren is the lead character played by James Wood. Max Wren, Wren being race, by the way, that means to race, like as in a competition style. Like running? <laughs> yeah. So we are calling this a Betamax, and obviously beta is the format in which they use in this movie. That's how old this shit is. <laughs> Betamax was, of course, the format. Well, it was beta. Sony came out with beta. And then they pissed everybody off by coming up with a better format after top on top of that, like a year or two later called Betamax, which is even more clear than the picture they were given. And everybody had bought all this equipment for beta because it was finally home video stuff. And then they came out with another format called VHS and it was cheaper to, f- to make. And it was less quality, actually. So anyway, they used Betamax in the for, in the, as the format of the tape in the movie. I thought it'd be fun to make Max a part of that and use the beta tape. So this is a Betamax. And what you're probably wondering is, what the fuck is in a Betamax, Alex? Well, it is a bunch of ingredients. One of them has multiple ingredients that we read in the on the back of the can. It's, it's Juice Monster, which is called, it's a chaotic monster energy drink but it's called juice monster it's called chaotic k-h-a-o-t-i-c you can find it at walgreens or anyone in your drug stores or whatever uh we then took half of that and then put in half a svedka blue raspberry on top so this is a very fruity drink i was hoping it would blue be blue because that's kind of the video drum color oh yeah but it wasn't, and I didn't know what color was in the can, so it ended up being just that. <laughs> you ready, Christina? Yeah. <clears throat> to, um, I don't know. Happy birthday. To my birthday and to stuff. To your birthday. That's really good. It's a lot of flavors. Yeah, but it's sweet. It is very sweet. like it. It's good. I like it. I like it, too. Now... Uh, highly recommend the third ingredient that we put in there was a drop of lsd so you should be uh, figuring that out (laughs) happy birthday christina (laughs) anyway if you guys would love to take a betamax all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now that's it for horror shots all right guys so we're gonna go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of my birthday's episode of 
Videodrome from 1983 and uh, Moonfall from 2022. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Alright guys, so we're going to jump into Videodrome. The movie came out in 1983. It was made in 1981 in Toronto, the fall of Toronto. It was not the fall of like like the, the demise, like fall, <laughs> the winter solstice. Uh, so the movie is a programmer at a TV station that specializes in adult entertainment, searches for the producers of a dangerous and bizarre broadcast. This movie is written and directed by legendary visionary director David Cronenberg, one of my favorite directors who has done multiple wonderful movies, some that are mind trips, some that aren't. My favorite are usually the mind trippy ones, but he's kind of big on Mm sci-fi, like horror sci-fi. A lot of people consider him to be the body horror king, Uh which is like, you know, where you get a lot of the practical effects and stuff because he has such a weird vision for stuff. Uh, He's done movies like the remake of The Fly, Dead Ringers, Existence, Crash, Rabid, The Brood, Scanners, The Dead Zone. I mean, there's just the list goes on and on. Naked Lunch, one of my favorite, other favorite movies of his. That's a fucking mind trip. We have a music score by Howard Shore, who did an amazing job on this movie, giving it an eerie sort of feeling. We also have special effects, practical effects by Rick Baker, Steve Johnson, Tim Hes- Tom Hester, Mark Showstrom. And many, many more. Uh, Rick Baker obviously led the team on this one. He had just returned from Amer- an American werewolf in London success and oh. came to do this movie. So that's another movie. It's a really good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, I, I I prefer that over The Howling. A lot of people have one or the other. So oh. uh, some of the cast in this movie, we have... Some actors that I'm not exactly too fond of anymore in some regards <laughs> and some that I'm like, whatever, it's it's just a movie I like. I don't really care anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll never stop liking Videodrome no matter how what happens in the past. Right. If David Cronenberg, I find out that he's been like fucking horses or something like that, I'm going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> too bad for the horse. It's not alive anymore. <laughs> anyway, James Woods in this movie, he plays Max Wren, the main role of the movie. James Wood obviously has been in a lot of Carpenter films. He's been in all kinds of different movies like Vampires. He was in Cat's Eye with the whole smoking thing. I think he was the guy in that. That was pretty good. Digstown, Casino, and many more. We also have Deborah Harry, who is in this movie, who plays Nikki Brand, the character. She obviously started off with Christina. Blondie. Oh, Blondie. Yes, she was huge in Blondie at the time. She wasn't really an actress, but she, you know, was a performer, entertainer. So this is two movies we've seen now with performance performances by people who are stage performers, not right. screen performers. Right. Yeah. But she was in the movie. She did on other stuff. She was in like Hairspray. Uh, she played like a the mom in Hairspray. Yeah. Yeah. She was also She's in good. Tales from the Dark Side. She was in Spun. That movie Spun, where oh, she was the yeah. neighbor lady. That's right. <laughs> See, I always remember that movie because like the guy who's like spun out of his mind on drugs ties his girlfriend to the bed because he doesn't want her going anywhere, and somehow in his meth-addled brain rationalizes that that's okay, <laughs> and leaves her, and he'll be he's like. I'll be right back because he intentionally thinks he is going to be right back. Right. And it makes sense to him because meth does that to your brain. 
and he leaves on the stereo and when he shuts the door it just skips the whole time she's there for day after day oh my god and eventually the fucking neighbor lady comes in and kicks in the door and saves her and that is blondie deborah harry (laughs) shit is fucking that's funny I'll just name off a few more. Uh, We get people like, you know, because one thing about Cronenberg is is that he would pick actors who were kind of really great actors in like Canada and nobody had heard of them on an international level, like or in the States or anything like that. And so he would like showcase these really great actors in his movies. And and people would be like, I've never seen this person. Why is this so new and fresh? Because when you see an actor that you've known before, you kind of have this sort of amalgamation of all the stuff they've done. Right. right? And that's how they get typecasts. Right. Shit. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we got people like Sonia Smith, Peter Dvorsky, who Peter Dvorsky plays the Harlan character, the pirate um, satellite pirate who like tracks the transmission to Videodrome. Mm-hmm. He's actually stopped acting in like to the two thousands and went off to make some sort of uh he developed some sort of software and has a oh, big wow. company for it now. Yeah. That's cool. We got Leslie Carlson who plays Barry Convex and many, many more. This is a movie that is considered to be an independent film. It was, a, had a budget of about $5.9 million, which seems like a lot for back then. And it is, but it had a box office of 2.1. So it bombed hard. <laughs> Christina, what did you think of this fine film? And if you say anything other than I loved it, <laughs> You're dead to me. Oh, I'm dead to you. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it was okay. I think the best... I, <laughs> I think the best part of the whole movie was, like, the visuals and the imagery, like, the weird imagery in it. Okay. The imagery. I wish there was more, actually. Okay. I feel like it was lacking on it. The music was really good, and I like Deborah Harry in this. She's amazing. Um, the story is, like, a good, decent story like descent into madness story okay that's how, what i got that's what i get from it oh this is like my second time seeing this third time something like that i have made her watch it a few yeah but i uh i haven't watched it a long time so i told did you watch okay so story is when i first started seeing christina we were on the couch and someone said oh hey video drums on netflix and i was like oh my god i love this movie i i don't own this movie god i wish i owned it and she went and bought it on the couch while I was sitting next to her. I had yeah, no I idea. It off of Amazon. This is when I first met her. <laughs> was was like, that the first time you watched it? Was that time? I don't think so. Really? Okay. <laughs> it was All like right. my second time. Yeah. Okay. It was like my second time. So it is dated because I, I would think about like if my nephews watch this movie, like if you oh, don't. Oh, it's too sexual. Well, that and, and I don't think they would get like the TV networks and like the underground type of stuff. Yeah. They didn't grow up with a healthy uh, dose of like paranoia. Like most kids did in the eighties. Yeah. So you wouldn't, (laughs) you wouldn't even like understand the plot line, like them being on the show and stuff like that. Right. Cause everything is so different now. It's true. Like it's completely different. I was thinking about that the whole time. The red scare, cold war, that all that stuff I was thinking about. Yeah. It would be cool. Television was still brand new. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's still within its its years where it was like, you know, oh, what is this magical box? What is it going to do right. to us and, long term? And what is technology? Blah, blah, blah. And even for the early 80s, they still had the 70s, like the, the TV in the box. Right. And we were kind know? of into this mind expansion where we were like testing new things in the 80s that we hadn't done in the 70s and the 60s before that. Which made all the imagery really cool. Right. 
in that aspect. So I think if like they can't remake this movie, I think because it would have sure. to be completely different. Yeah, I have like a thing in that whole, in my review about okay. that. Yeah, the whole concept would have to be completely different. So this is like in a whole world of its own. But it is a good descent into madness. Did you feel uncomfortable while watching the it? Beginning, yeah, the beginning, yeah. Suspense or anything? Be- no, not suspense, but the beginning parts I did. Cringy with like the the, the torture sex stuff. You know, it's like, ugh. It was shocking, more shocking but, back then than it is now. Now it's like, whatever. Right. But still, I don't like it. But, you know, you got to <laughs> you gotta get through that to get to the good stuff. It's not exactly sex. Who says it isn't? <laughs> Here you go, quoting movies like right in the middle. Dude, right of off the bat, when we first started watching it, I just started saying shit ahead of time, and I was just like, "Jesus Christ, Alex!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need to take notes; you know the whole fucking movie. Well, no, part. I had to re kind of like delve into it because this is right. one of those movies that gets your mind kind of working. For some people, it just doesn't, and and I understand. Right, and I gave it a six out of ten. Mm. So You're breaking what if, my fucking heart. I'm sorry. I love you. Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> what? What? What about you? You can get away with it just because you bought it for me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Good move, me. Yeah. What is it? Ten years ago, almost now. Eleven. No, it'll be ten this year. Yeah, but no, it'll be 11. ten November. It'll be eleven this year. Remember, we yeah. accidentally missed ten. <laughs> <laughs> We forgot. We're close. We're, we're really close. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, I mean, I have a lot to say about this, so buckle the fuck up. Uh, there is a lot of things to this movie that uh, I think a lot of people wouldn't see if they just watched this movie for a practical effects sort of weird movie. There's definitely some depth and some thought that is put into this, whether, you know, Cronenberg is really ex- expressed how much it is. Uh, about these certain different elements. He kind of does. I was listening to some of the commentary today about like what he thought about certain scenes, but he never really truly unveils his full opinion. And I think that's just how he is as an artist. Uh, He does not like to listen to his own or watch his own shit. You know what I mean? He'll only watch his movies when he is commanded to uh, by basic, you know, commentary on stuff. That's the only time he'll rewatch it. So, but I love this movie. This is, it still holds up to today, no matter how you slice it. A lot of people, like I said, will watch this movie and they will think, oh, wow, that's just weird, cool special effects. And I feel trippy and imagery and blah, blah, blah. I'm on acid, blah, blah, blah. But it's so much more than that. Like there's so much more going on that we actually, than we actually see and what Cronenberg has actually expertly crafted for this movie. Each scene is, is very meticulous like thought out like he is very specific i think he's easy to work with but he's also very specific on how he wants things to look and feel i'll get into more of that later because he said something about how he wanted to create the hallucinations in this movie and i thought that was a really really well thought out point that he made uh but sometimes it's just simple things that he does that just come out over like, I don't know what it is about him. Like, like a lot of people think he's overrated sometimes. Some people think he's amazing. Some they don't, you know. I think he's one of the best directors out there. And it's weird, too, because, like, if you were to ask him how he thought about this certain thing, he would just be like, oh, yeah, I just thought, you know, it, you know, this and this, some simple thing. And you're, like, overthinking it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he just accidentally fell into, you know, something based on some very simple ideas in his mind. 
to me, this movie is is about like the stimulation of the mind, how we are used to getting all kinds of stimuli into our brains, especially if you think about today, we got computers and, you know, phones. Our brains are really overstimulated. In the movie, Deborah Harry quotes, says, you know, we live in overstimulated times. This is in the 80s, mind you. Okay. Yeah, you have no idea what's going on. I'm like, holy fuck. A lot of people feel that this movie is prophetic when it talks about the World Wide Web and how the Internet came out and how interactive the Internet would become for people and how he developed this movie and how it was very much in line with like the same line of thinking of technology and how it can get carried away and everything like that. This was made during the Reagan administration where the Cold War was happening, and it was a very fucking weird duck and cover time when we were kids, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We had to hide under our desk for nuclear fucking explosions, stuff like that. Really starts to make you think weird shit. There was a lot of lies being told to a lot of people who had no idea because all they had was the television, you know, which was the only form of like information that we really had other than newspapers. And it was so much more popular to be watching television than it is, of course, to read newspapers. But it's just basically a story about brainwashing and hidden tones that were basically on TV. If you can imagine that kind of stimuli then in today's world with telephones and, and you know, computers and the Internet, it's insane. Like it could just dose you with a fucking TikTok video. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> It's like, I don't know. I think that's amazing. You can The parallels that you can make back then are very similar to the parallels you can make today. Totally. Specifically with how we are uneducated or educated on things. There is a fine line between what is real and what is not. And perception is reality. And if anything can go, then your reality is only based on how you perceive things. Mm -hmm. And that's what this movie sort of tackles on. And how, you know, there was... When I was a kid, we had a lot of talk about brainwashing, subliminal tones underneath stuff. Remember? Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, they were like, oh, they do that in commercials. Remember, they like they said that there was like oh, a yeah. tone that they would play or something <laughs> that makes you want, want their- to buy the cereal. Yeah, and then they outlawed it or tried to or something like that. You remember? Just, yeah, I remember. It's all like- probably just like talk around the kitchen table type shit you know when you're it's conspiracies it's always conspiracy he stuff he has a very um like two of his two or three of his movies actually three of his movies i would consider to be within this type of uh double agent sort of thing going on mm-hmm. where this has a sort of noir sort of techno futuristic like agent that's working on two different sides the good and bad side he's a double agent so to speak and they do that in naked lunch and they also do it in existence those three movies in particular if you like this one highly recommend watching naked lunch it's a little bit more not so techno crazy but more like biological drug and then existence is more of like a sequel to videodrome in a lot of ways because it deals with vr Oh, kind of escaping into another world and reality and things and changing reality. One thing for sure is that Cronenberg loves to fuck with reality in his movies, like how we perceive it. That's the big thing here. What's really lurking behind the content that we engorge ourselves on. And are we being programmed specifically nowadays with how the Internet and politics have overtaken our minds and how mainstream all that has become? Like, it's insane. We get information from everywhere and it is like crazy how people have turned out like there is so many vast 
different tribes of thought now that <laughs> it's like it's weird and distinct and kind of scary at times because it kind of radicalizes the mind a little, a little bit you know what i mean no matter what mm-hmm. side of, of information you're getting but i feel like this is like the ripe time for something like video drum to exist in a different format like there are a lot of sexual perverse and violent scenes in the movie that are done so to infect the viewer they say that like porno and violence affect the brain in similar ways because they they all stimulate the brain in this sort of like deep way for other information to seep into to our subconsciousness a little bit. And, you know, there's always been talk about whether porno and violence affect us in the ways that they do. And, you know, we're horror fans. So, of course, we get to hear that shit all the time. You know, but it, it's like it's like like with sex, it's like a reward center of the brain. So if you can implant something in the reward center of your brain, you can essentially take over someone's mind away in a way, reprogram them, leaving us susceptible to whatever someone wants to program us to believe. Essentially, I think that's absolutely terrifying. I think that's, you know, messing with the brain in general is just a scary place to tra- travel as a viewer for horror movies and stuff like that. Like, I like a lot of psychological horror thrillers and stuff like that where you're dipping in and out of reality because it's scary. Like, it's that's a scary thing to feel like you are in complete and utter no control of what is happening and you're just kind of experiencing it as it goes. But, you know, some of this movie is going to be a little slow for some people. So I understand, you know, if you're not really into the whole philosophical thing of the mind and like what we perceive to be reality and how we can program ourselves to be and think whatever we want to perceive life to be like. It's too deep for me. I'm just saying this movie offers that if you are willing to to let it seep into you. And it really kind of like opens up your mind to like think about that kind of thing. For me, that makes me heavily elated and almost feel like I'm tripping or having a body buzz. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love this movie is because it's so fascinating to me that there's this signal that can infect the brain that causes you to be like uh, like something that is not physical, an emotional state that affects you physically is very interesting, just as in the same res- regard that how things happen on the internet is not reality and it can seep into your real world. Do you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, because it's a very dreamlike state in this movie that you get to kind of feel like unease and trippy while adding that sort of philosophical double agent story for the battle of the minds, you know, kind of thing to it. So I think it's really amazing. Still one of my all time favorite movies. I'd heard that they were attempting to make this remake involving nanotechnology, which seems so far from what this movie is really about. Yeah, that would just be a completely different movie. Why would we need nanotechnology to excuse away the hallucinations? The mind can perceive whatever the mind (gasps) wants it to perceive. Would it be a remake or would it be like just the second one where it just comes into this, you know, you know, right now, like Videodrome is still out there. I think it's just somebody had on the Internet. I don't know what the original idea was for the remake, but nanotechnology does not sound like something that we need when we already have virtual reality and we also have the internet and our cell phones that could brainwash us at any given time we don't need something fantastical like nanotechnology which we already had that johnny depp movie where they dealt with that and and it was it's cool but it's you know right it's just very This is a philosophical fucking movie. For them to to use nanotechnology seems weird to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're trying to excuse away the hallucinatory moments that you experience in this movie as the character of Max Wren, which is very important in this film. 
I mean, this is a real mind-altering drug-fueled ride. It might be slow for some of those of you who can't just let go and need it all spelled out that you might hate it for that reason. But to me, it's like floating in the ether of like creativity and wonder and mystery. And it's always got me like feeling like amped up, you know, like I feel like, like I want to go out and make a movie every time I watch that movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you always, you say that you said that yeah. I get in some deep spaces in my head there, but yeah, I don't know if they do make a, re- a re- remake of it. I really hope somebody, <laughs> I hope fucking David Cronenberg's like, let me see the script. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I can't explain just how much I love movies that actually challenge our minds and make me feel out of my body. It is kind of an out-of-body experience for me because it is so trippy and self-aware and and this like weird sort of infectious thing that kind of exists all around us that could be easily change our minds into something that, you know, we don't even, we're not even aware that it, it happened mm-hmm. and how quickly it is for people who just lose their minds and just see things, you know what I mean? There's people that just one yeah. day yeah. They're, they're just seeing shit that wasn't there mm-hmm. or was it there? Or are they really seeing something there? Right. It's just, it just gets you thinking, but I don't know. It's super rare to me to have a movie that can do that. And I couldn't give this anything lower than a 9.5 or a 10. So <laughs> suck a dick. <laughs> it's one of my top 10 movies, like of all time. Like there's no way you can beat it. Like I will rewatch this movie any chance I can. Yeah, till the end of time. So you give it a six. I give it, I'm just going to say 10 just so we can go <laughs> at least an eight here. So eight out of 10 for both of us. <laughs> I'm glad I give it Savage. a 10. It's really that good to me. Right. It's it's a, it's different. It's, you know, I can see where people wouldn't like it and maybe not relate to it today. But I think, uh, I don't know, I think because of how we grew up with all this stuff with Reagan and Cold War and this like mm-hmm. extra dose of paranoia, I think it could kind of, if someone were to watch it today, they might be able to grasp it again because there's a lot of that out there. So, right. But yeah, love this movie. We're going to get into some of the trivia and stuff on this. I will get into that. But if you don't want anything spoiled, obviously you can watch this movie. I would just go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, if you want to watch this, it's up on, you know, most of all your digital platforms like Amazon. You can rent it for three ninety nine. I think you can buy it from Criterion on Blu-ray. I really fucking hope they put out a 4K of this movie because I would buy it up in a heartbeat. But knowing Criterion, they're dragging their feet. Like, Criterion is supposed to be the upper echelon of fucking boutiques and shit like that. And they've not put out a 4K yet. Like, what? what's going on, dude? Like, none? None. For nothing? They're for planning nothing? on it, but they should have been one of the first people to do it, in my opinion. Now Arrow and fucking Vinegar Syndrome's doing it? Come on, dude. You're going to need to catch the fuck up. Those are smaller boutiques than fucking Criterion, so either they're not making enough money or I don't know. They have to have the prints. They probably just didn't plan for the future. Right. You know, like a lot of these boutiques will... Yeah, because the Blu-rays just... It should have been the end of everything. Well, what they do is they will scan it in as a 4K or an 8K, and then they'll downgrade it and sell copies of it, like DVD, you know, so on and so on, until they can, like, redo it for 8K or whatever. You know what I mean? So they just do the versions. But, but again, only collectors are buying. Well, if you so. want a copy, we'll put a fucking Amazon link up for you guys to buy. A little of that will kick towards us. Think about doing it. If you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. I have a little bit of trivia, <laughs> actually a whole lot, but I'll try to I'll try to minimize it down a little bit because I know I've been talking a whole fuck ton about this movie. You watched 
the commentary? I watched the, the commentary, the making of. I read about a bunch of stuff. And, on the Criterion? Yeah, I watched. Chris? I read some people like wrote like re, like papers in the college about this versus like today's culture and shit like that. I've read those. I read. Oh, wow. I've read a lot because I love this movie. This, uh, this is a movie that they were kind of, you know, struggling to get done in a certain amount of time. Apparently in like Canada, if you want to get your tax returns, you put out your money to, to make films before the end of the year. And that way you can. Oh, so they kind of rushed it. Yeah. So you can get some money back. So they had to get it done before December 25th. Oh. They said ethically. <laughs> so like a lot of them really did push it all the way. Some went home. They finished the movie and then went home to their families that night. Uh-huh. Christmas, Christmas Christ night. Day, night. Oh, night, Christmas yeah. night. So, uh, but yeah, 25th of December of 1981 is when I got it done. So it took him a few years to get this one out. Yeah, 83. Rick Baker, of course, was a, he was in this and did a lot of the visual effects. As I mentioned, uh, he had come from an American werewolf in London. His, he brought his team over with him to work on this movie. So they got a lot of experience in that movie, which is considered to be one of the greatest for, you know, special effects movies. Uh, they were all about 23 years of age at the time. Oh, wow. That's young. So, yeah. This is back when being a practical effects guy was kind of like being a rock star. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't really make a lot of money. You did it because you're passionate about it. Oh. You get drunk. You have fun. You party. You get shit done. Right. It's very meticulous work, but you're also being an artist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There were some scenes that were cut out of this movie uh, that they weren't able to keep in, like uh, electrocution of guys' balls or something like that in the fucking clay room. (laughs) They thought it was too much. Oh, didn't they talk about it, though? Yeah, they talked about it. And then they also talked about, um, well, they talk about electrified clay, but there was actual testicular fucking shocking. I could have sworn they talked about some guy's balls getting electrocuted i don't know i don't remember that at all and you would remember so. yeah i would remember um but yeah they so they had uh, you know they had to cut that down there was like the sex scene with deborah harry and of course james woods uh that you know they they're having sex on the floor and then they like appear in the fucking video drum so it's room. like a shift of him in his mind like mm-hmm. going there um, they had to cut that down. He was like, I don't, I didn't really understand where four seconds was better than eight seconds of that whole <laughs> fucking scene. It's not like we're showing him penetrating or anything. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I know she wasn't even nude. She was. They was were both she? nude. They were just oh. laying on top of each other. You saw her boobs in the movie. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, well, I remember. <laughs> it's Deborah Harry. <laughs> and she's remember. not very hairy. Oh my God. But, um, bad joke. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> being stupid. There was supposedly supposed to be some organs at the, like, that Deborah Harry and James Woods characters were going to have sexual organs on their hands. Uh-huh. And they, <laughs> and then like, David Cronenberg was like, uh, yeah, uh, guys, hold off on putting those on. Uh, this is, uh, we're not, I'm pretty, I'm not, I've kind of rethinking that section there, so. <laughs> that would have been really silly. It probably would, and he, he admits to some of the stuff that is a little more on the uh, cheap side, mm-hmm. you know. Like Deborah, Nikki, Nikki Brand, Nikki being the cuts on her neck, Brand meaning her burning a cigarette on her titty. Oh, uh huh. He's like, I know that's cheesy, but I could just couldn't help myself. (laughs) (laughs) Max Wren, Max Mm -hmm. Wren being race, always like running to wherever he's going to get shit done. He's just a breed of his own, you know. Um, there was the whole uh, Barry Convex breaking apart on stage scene. 
where they had, you know, like him bubbling up and his face breaking open. Right. Which always reminds me of The Brain from 1988, by the way, Mm -hmm. which is another movie that if you like Videodrome, I think you might like that as well. Mm -hmm. It's a little cheesier, but it has some like hallucinatory moments in the film that I really love. Same thing with Brain Dead. The mm-hmm. Tim Paxton, or Tim, Bill, <laughs> Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that movie, too. Like, I, li- I seem to like trippy movies. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So if it takes my mind somewhere, yeah. In uh, 1981, Cronenberg had said that to the extent that my films and their imagery appeals to the unconscious, meaning, like, people who've yet to awake, I guess. He said, to that extent, my films are subversive of society because society functions on the level of repression and order, meaning repressing you from certain things like sex or violence or trying to keep you away from all the the scary things. And he said, in my films are what happens when repression and order break down. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really relevant. And I thought... I would quote him on that. I thought it was interesting. Uh-huh. The scene with the TV blowing the fuck up uh-huh. at the very end, right. they used real sheep guts. They had to do it two times. Ew. Yeah. And it sat outside for the whole day. It's smelly. They had like three green grocery bags. Of or not sheep- grocery bags, but. Or bags of sheep guts. Yeah. 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 That's not the first time that movies have used sheep guts. Poor sheep. <laughs> the butcher just slid them open and said, here you go. They said that they, they even, that was like one of the last scenes of the movie, too. Get diseases or something from doing that shit? I mean, I'm sure, like, if you were to, like. Sitting out there, it's like bacterias. Eh. And then all of a sudden, you got, like, bird flu and shit. I mean, come on. This is filmmaking. We ain't no fucking, you know. <laughs> this ain't making cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't put sprinkles on this shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> you put sheep guts. <laughs> But they had to do it twice, and it was, like, right before they went home for Christmas dinner, by the way. Oh, my God. Literally stinking of sheep guts. Ew. So. Civic TV that you see in the beginning of the movie and throughout the film is the the, the, the radio or the cable station that Rex, Max Wren works at. Uh-huh. Is, is supposed to be inspired by Toronto's actual cable TV channel called City TV, which was a cable channel by Moses Namer which was a real TV channel that was up to date on all the things local. Plus it was one of the very first cable channels to do softcore pornography on it. Oh, so it was kind of popular. Right. Um, he said it became really popular in Toronto and that was the inspiration. Apparently Moses Namer who owned it mm-hmm. thought that Max Wren was supposed to be, he was supposed to be Max Wren oh. that it was so similar. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of the softcore porn, speaking of that, in the movie that they do with the the Japanese, what was it, something Samurai Dreams? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, uh, the Greek one, which Masha, the girl. Right, brought. Yeah. yeah. He did, he shot both of those. Oh, my gosh. Because he funny. refused to let anybody else shoot it. He didn't want a second unit doing anything. Oh. So he actually shot softcore porn. <laughs> it was, like, extremely soft, soft, softcore porn. Just to get the shot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he went that far to do it, but that's kind of how he is because when he was on set, they hadn't even finished the script yet. And this, wow. we talked about this on that other movie. I think it was Rabbit. Right. Where he hadn't finished the script and he was like, I don't advise anybody to sell to, to do this. <laughs> yeah, He said the exact same words in the commentary. On oh, this. wow. And I was like, holy shit. So he had this habit of, because he, the way he explained it is that as, as him as a director, he does not like, to 
be the type that would write as like a story board. Mm-hmm. He likes to be in the moment with the scene and seeing what angles work rather than formulating it from start to finish without being there. Mm-hmm. So like storyboarding, they have the scene. This is how it looks. This is how we're going to set up the room. You know, everything's thought out. He is in the moment kind of director. So plus being rushed to do get the film finished by December or whatever in a month. Right. For Christmas. Right. So he wrote it all the way up until the end and they finished the movie like, and it still is cohesive, even though it doesn't necessarily need to be because it's a trippy movie, but it is. It's got some really good shots in it. He talked about why he picked Deborah Harry, and he said it's because she was part of that sort of subterranean zeitgeist, meaning like subculture. Right. She you know totally I mean? was, too. She was. She was like part of like, you know, uh, Jack Kerouac and like, you know, William, she was friends with William S. Burroughs, for Christ's sake. Like right. they were in New York people right and like you know it's kind of like what i would consider to be like the goth industrial scene almost back then or something where you know nothing shocking as jane's addiction would say (laughs) meaning like you know like this subversive stuff that's in this film is really not that it's like commonplace like sadomasochism isn't necessarily mean that you are into it but you're not bothered by it so he, he wanted her to be in this movie to have that element of like familiarity with it and since Nikki Brand is kind of the one that's pushing the boundaries, he figured that would go well with it. She wasn't an actress, but she said she was willing to learn, and she did a pretty decent job, I think. Right. He said that she bounced off James pretty well when it came to comedy, too, and then when they were in between cuts and stuff. Oh, nice. So I just thought it was interesting how he calls it a, like a subterranean zeitgeist <laughs> and, and what I would call subculture, but the whole orange clay torture room had actors who were you know obviously fake it was torture fake torture porn whatever mm-hmm. and one of the women that actually was getting a tortured in there kind of liked it and she came on set dressed up and like to the nines when she wasn't even supposed to be there oh, just weird. so that she could be close to that set that's weird yeah that's what uh that's what cronenberg said he was like Someone's addicted. He's like, it was strange, but he's like, it's well in line with what the movie is about. So I was all for it. At least he was, he was accepting of it. Wasn't like judging her. That's the funny thing is you look and you talk to David Cronenberg and he is one of the most well thought out, well spoken, well dressed, normal looking kind of guys that you would ever see. And he's anything but like he creates some of the most fucked up shit. So it's like really confusing, but. Another thing, James Woods was very terrified of putting on that helmet thing where they were going to record his memories. He said that it was weird because like he mentions, Cronenberg mentions this multiple times in the commentary. He was like, yeah, he's like, I don't know if it was just James going through some weird stuff at the time, but he he became kind of like sort of paranoid by the end of the movie. By the time we were halfway through filming the movie. And he started getting kind of like, like it wrapped up in him a little bit too much. And he's like, I don't know if he was just going through something or, you know, what it was. But, you know, he was terrified to put on the the helmet. He it's, thought it was going to electrocute him. Maybe it was claustrophobic, too, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, if you look at him today, <laughs> he's kind of an outspoken, like, conspiracy theorist. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, which kind of just is weird thinking about that with, you know, James Woods, because he's wonderful in this film. He's great. 
fantastic. Like he brings this sort of suave sort of producer, like in charge of his life, doesn't really care, speaks what he's in his mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they do some quotes in this movie that I really like too, that I just are amazing. For one, they talk about like in the very beginning when when Max Wren is having the the like TV show with uh, Nikki Brand and that other lady, and he and she was talking about the overstimulated times. I thought that was really interesting. And he's like, "Well, why are you wearing red? I find that very stimulating, you know." And right. like, and she's like, "It's true. I live in in an overstimulated Stimulated. environment or whatever." But this is just stuff that we're talking about that is pre predating like video games, predating like. You know, all these different movements that were against, like, well, it's not predating, like, video nasties and stuff like that. But it was a topic of discussion at the time. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's interesting to see that. There's other stuff that I can mention, like, what was your favorite uh, practical effects uh, top two? Oh, the TV. Which one? There was, like, three TV scenes. uh, With the gun, when the the hand started coming through the TV. Okay. That was really cool. And then, of course, his hand as the gun with his stomach. Okay, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. all that shit. I mean, there's a, they're all great. I also liked the videotape moving, the beta oh, tapes moving. Yeah. The, I think it was like three times. Undulating and fleshy. Yeah, because you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've got something I want to program you. I got something I want to show you. That's right. what they say right before they jam into his stomach into pussy. Into his stomach, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite things is when he goes to the TV starts coming to life and it breathes. Oh yeah. Cause you don't know for sure if that's what it's doing. Or yeah. Not. And then he's like, well, it's like this whole thing. It's like, it's really interesting because like Barry or not Barry, Dr. Professor Oblivion comes on the screen and he's like talking to Max. Like he's like talking on like on a tape and Max is just kind of like, watching it like he would a tape. And then he was like that the, the battle for the human consciousness will be held in the, on the, in the television realm or something like that. And he's like, the television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Therefore, whatever appears on television screen emerges as raw experience for those who watch it. Therefore television is reality and reality is less than television. You can see that, can't you? (laughs) And then he's like, and then he's like, Max. And it's like the TV doesn't sound like it's in the room anymore. It sounds like he's in the room with him. Right. And then you see like Max turn and then he gets choked out. He was like, I was video drums first victim. And then he gets choked out by this mass person. And he's like, holy shit. And then you see he's like, yeah, but what do I do next? And she was like, we want she, but yeah, but what do you want? And then the the mass person takes it off, and it's Nikki Brand. Uh-huh. She's like, we want you, Max. It's always been you. Come to Nikki. Come to Nikki. And then Sorry, he gets the down, yeah. crawls on the ground, comes over, sticks his face into her lips on the screen as it's undulating, and you can see the veins in it. It's really like... Yeah, it's freaky. Weird, man. It's like the dance we make when the fucking brainwashing begins mm-hmm. on like television, you know what I mean? Or the internet. Right. Like it, this this whole thing makes me think about like what would we do if it was like cell phones in our hands and it would just undulate and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like the videotapes and stuff like right. that. 
and like or the monitor screens and stuff or we're wearing this like fleshy helmet Ew. do you know what i mean like yeah. it's like undulating sucking on our face like a fucking octopus or some shit it's you know if, if there was a remake that right. is nanotechnology <laughs> bullshit you do practical effects in video drum or it ain't even it ain't happening buddy anyway <laughs> I don't know. There's so many quotes in it. But by the way, guys, I don't know if you know this, but I have a band. Obviously, some of you know this Black Ops. I uh, this band, my band has has had moments <laughs> of Videodrome in it because I've written about Videodrome. We're a whole song. You yeah, we've had song. like a quote from Brian Oblivion mm-hmm. in one of our songs. And actually, we wrote a song called Long Live the New Flesh, it's which, a good song. which it's is good a quote song. from the movie. And it is about how the internet brainwashes us into thinking whatever the fuck we want mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And I wrote that long before 2016. Mm-hmm. It was like 2013. Uh, maybe. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was 2013. I think it was. And I was like really scared of the internet. I was like, I wrote like two or three songs about how the internet is going to fucking destroy the world. Well, that's how, well, I mean, but it's going to, but, uh, but you know what I mean? I mean, I'm yeah. just, I'm just, it's just, it's just that, being artistic. That, I'm not like, well, that's how too it. was all that privacy stuff. And you wrote a lot of songs about the, oh, yeah. the privacy act. Yeah. There was this song we had that was about, um, yeah, the, the EPA. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Oh, I don't remember what it's called. Electronic. Anyway, we played a show. We played a show for like the hacker, the free information. Defcon. Defcon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Las Vegas. And uh, we had a song that we wrote that just happened to fit right in there with it, actually. And it was um, it's called Blackout because they were. Oh, yeah. At the time, everybody was blacking out their profile pictures. Mm -hmm. Remember? Because they were trying to like attack like how we searched Google and that the government was going to take over or something like that, or that, you know, you weren't allowed to download certain things or something like that. And, and, uh, some weird shit. Yeah. And it was like, everything, trust your government. Everything is fine. Everything will be all right. Which is so funny because like, I don't know, some people like it's political, but you know what I mean? Anyway, long story short, I got a lot of fucking love for fucking, video drum i will post a link to the long live the new flash song that is dedicated to video drum our it's website our website is called long live the, the void, void for a reason for a reason so i mean you can figure it out from there this is one of my this has been a very big movie for me in you your know, life yeah that's why i say it's a 10 you know yeah because it, 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 if it's that big and it's a bigger part of your life you might as well just be a 10 yeah. it makes, it makes sense <laughs> there's not movies that do that right like not that much right so but yeah we do have another movie to talk about it's not as good as this one <laughs> <laughs> i almost feel like we should just dedicate this to the whole video drum yes, we should have and we still could if we want because i could just con- consistently talk about it but it's a new movie so we don't have to go into the like spoiler section so much we can okay. just kind of bring up a couple of things that we like, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I don't like to go into to... too much depth in the in the in the spoilers, and there wasn't really that much trivia, right, on okay. this movie anyway. So, right. but we're talking about Moonfall from 2022. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around the Earth and sends it hurling on a collision course with life as we know it. <laughs> There's a tagline for this movie. It is. It says. In 2022, humanity will face the dark side of the moon. 
Mm. Which I'm pretty sure we dealt with in the movie Iron Sky, but there was Nazis on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> this was written and directed by Roland Emmerich. <laughs> which people and, are calling this movie Independence Moon Mar- Margeddon. For, because... 2012. Yeah, his previous movies he's done is 2012. Uh, no, it's not 2012. It's just 20... 2012. Yeah. 2012. Yeah. <laughs> Which came out in 2009. And then he also did The Day After Tomorrow, Godzilla, Independence Day. He's done a lot of big budget movies. He also did Moon 44 and a few other smaller ones Mm -hmm. that Mike, who used to be on the podcast, really was a fan of. He actually owns a Blu-ray of that Moon 44. Oh, wow. But I think they just reissued it. So anyway. Uh, Other other writers on this movie, uh, Harold Koser, also wrote 2012, Day After Tomorrow. He is also a composer on such movies as Alien vs. Predator and Discarnate. Mm. Uh, also written by Spencer Cohen, who wrote a movie, Extinction, from 2018. Makes sense. This movie stars the first African-American Best Actress Academy Award winner, Halle Berry. <laughs> oh, yeah. She plays Jocinda. She won that award for Monsters Ball. She was in Gothica. She was Storm in X-Men, Catwoman, Die Another Day, and John Wick 3. Don't you forget it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's getting older. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Wilson plays Brian Harper. You might know him from The Conjuring um, and the Insidious, Insidious movies. Rumor has it he's directing the next Insidious movie, which hopefully will be coming out this year. He was also Night Owl. The in- second version of Night Owl, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. you know who the first one was? Who? From Pontypool. Oh, yeah, that's right. What's his name? Stephen McCaddy. Yeah. Uh, also starring... Uh, Which I love that movie now. I hated it before it? the first time I saw it, and then it just grew on me and grew on me, and then I love the director's I cut now. I swear to God, when you get older, I think it's when you get older. We were kind of like, what, in our 20s when that came it was, out? It came out at a weird time. It really, yeah, it really did. It came out during a very presumptuous time with superheroes. Mm-hmm. That's why. And because it was, it was because Dark Knight had come out, I think just before it. And so there was like expectations of that kind of level. And right. it just was so jumbled. But anyway. Anyway, uh, John Bradley, he plays KC. He was in Game of Thrones. He was in Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez, which just came out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Patient Zero. Oh, God. And American Satan. Which, didn't we watch Patient? I, mean, I watched Patient. Yeah, we yeah. watched it on the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he's come a long way. <laughs> um, we also have we Char- also have Charlie Plummer who plays Sony the Sun. He was in Spontaneous from 2020. Remember that and movie? And Dark was they, the Night. That's yeah, right. Dark was the Night is you can find at your local Dollar Tree. It's always there. Yeah, there's two movies. One with uh, the guy who is in the vampire movie, the TV show The Strain, who was the sewer rat guy. Mm-hmm. What's his name? He also played Michael, the Archangel, and Legion. Uh-huh. And I got the two confused all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, there's a quick appearance from Josh Crudis, who we recognize from Anything for Jackson. He's right. He's for a... Yeah, he's one of the bad guys. One yeah. of the, like, uh, yeah, just, like, goons in this movie. Yeah, which I liked. Yeah, I, I, I liked, I liked him in Anything for Jackson, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the budget on this movie was one hundred and fifty million dollars, and it only made forty one million at the box office. Uh, but I'm sure it was pushed back because you know the C bomb. The C bomb. Yeah. Anyway, 
what did you think about this Moonfall movie there, Alex? Okay, so I'm a huge, like, nerdy, like, disaster porn fucking movie watcher. I like very few, okay? There's very few that, like, really hit that sweet spot. And there's one in particular that I think is the best disaster porn movie that you will ever see. It has so much disaster in it. Visually, it is just stunning and a ride, whether you believe it to be real or not. And I think a lot of people overlooked this movie for some reason, but it was 2012 with John Cusack in it and Woody Harrelson and a bunch of other people are in it. It's a great movie. It is, it, movie. It is good from start to finish, whether it's a 10 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10. It is extremely watchable. And some of the disaster in that movie is just amazing. Absolutely and ridiculous. I love it, dude. I cannot stop watching it. We get excited when we talk about it. We like we we love the disaster in that movie so much. It's exhilarating. And it's just like after one thing, after another, after another, can't get a break. It does not break. stop. Does yeah. Stop. There is so much disaster in that movie. There's no other movie that compares to it at all. Mm -hmm. The only other movie I could suggest would be like Tidal Wave, which we got at the Dollar Tree just recently yeah. for a buck. On Blu-ray, I think. Yeah. Too. We had the DVD and we watched the DVD because we were curious about it. It's a Korean Tidal Wave movie that is part comedy, part like extremely action. serious like fucking drama mm -hmm. and part like action movie and some of the parts don't always work together right so when people die it's just like kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> but it looks really good that's actually not a bad movie to watch right but i love that and because roland emmerich did that i was like all on board for this one does a roland emmerich get too much money you're damn right he really does <laughs> $150 billion or $150 million for a movie. That's Jesus Christ, dude. That's more than, that's like, what was Marvel? What was the Avengers Endgame? Was it like three, $300? No, it was 500? like, no, it was like $180 million or something like that. What the hell? Something like that. But they have to have a huge cast and so did uh, 2012. Right. And they did. You know, there's some other other no-name people in there, but for the most part, there's a lot of really good actors and stuff in it. And this one is not as good. I always had higher hopes for it. I really kind of wanted it to be 2012, and it's about 2012 for five minutes. And then the rest of it is really just another movie all in general. Now, it isn't a bad movie. I enjoyed the movie. I actually liked how they went with the storyline. They sort of use... I'll tell you the story. Essentially, the moon is going to be crashing into the earth because... Somebody once told me <laughs> no, because some shit's going on. Some alien there. life crashes into the moon and then we don't know why it's happening. There's a conspiracy guy that tags along with uh, Patrick Wilson, who is an astronaut who basically got shit on for saying that there was aliens. He thought he said that there was aliens and he was telling the truth, but his partner was knocked out and he saved her life. So he gets thrown to the side and his career shit on just because they want to cover it up. But really, they know that there's something going on and they do nothing about it. Like, it seems like we would these days. <laughs> Got covered up. And even if we did, they would make up some sort of conspiracy to say it's not. But the conspiracy-minded guy believes that it's a hollowed-out moon. And then Patrick Wilson's the level guy. So they kind of, like, team up in this sort of buddy comedy thing. And there's, like, a couple of broken-up relationships and kids thrown uh, in. It's bullshit. got the whole gamut of, like, drama in there. But it's it's really just an entertainment movie. 
that is trying to be funny. There are some funny moments in the film. However, I didn't think it was as funny as 2012 or nearly as enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It is, and it does have some good action in it. But really where I did like is that the story, where the story went, once they go to the moon to figure out everything. And there's this surprise thing that happens in the movie that they do not allude to in the trailer and that you won't know that I thought was a nice twist. And I called it like immediately. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, boom. And she was like, holy shit, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought added to it. I love the idea of that. And it makes the conspiracy side actually more believable. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like they added lore to it. I don't know, unless maybe I just haven't been in some of the deepest, darkest conspiracy holes that there are out there anymore, but I just don't have a stomach for it anymore. Like, even on a light level, you know what I mean? Because politics ruined all the conspiracy theories. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Like, I just can't even... I think it's fine if you want to go in for, like, a sort of sci-fi, sort of um, somewhere in between, like, Independence Day and Independence Day 2. Right. Quality-wise. It leans a little bit more to the sequel, but... And some of the jokes and some of the characters kind of mishmash with each other. Not so well, Mm -hmm. but it works well enough to be enjoyable. I'd give this movie like, I don't know, like a 6.5 or a 7. It's a $150 million, 7 out of 10 budget movie. (laughs) I mean, honestly, there's cool stuff that happens in it. Blistering fucking visuals. But that's not... The heart is where it matters in a movie. And for me, 2012 actually had some heart. And it was about this family that was broken up. And they kind of do the same thing here. But there's too much. But there's too much. And it, it doesn't, co- it's not cohesive. 2012, it was just like the one family. But here we have, we have like two families. Right. And they're both broken it's up. It's a little so, formulaic. Yeah. You have all their ex-spouses and their spouses and fucking kids all over the fucking place. Yeah. And that was, a, that was really Let's really put annoying. it this way. I actually enjoyed, what's that movie? That they spent like two hundred and thirty thousand, two hundred and thirty million dollars or something like on Valerian. That's the one. I like that one kind of. That one's grown on me over the time. So maybe this won't grow on me. I don't know. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think of that one a high like highly. But there is some really cool visuals to it, and at least it has some style to it, mm-hmm. and some scientific cool ideas Stuff, that they're yeah. doing in it. You know what I mean? Because like that movie Valerian really does have some like cool ideas to do technology. Whereas this one was kind of straight by the book and you wonder how we even got the technology to do any of that. And eh, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun movie. Just don't expect too much and just go in for a popcorn flick and you'll be fine. I, I'd say seven at the most. What about you? Yeah, I pretty much I, pretty much what you said. I did like it, though. I, but again, like these big budget disaster movies, big budget worlds going to shit movies that are awesome. Uh, even though the story was kind of all over the place, like we said, with the kids and the fam- broken families and stuff, it was too much. Because It was like they, they showed every main character's extended family, all of them. Yeah. It's just, it, it was too much, and it made it longer, so the movie was like over two hours, wasn't it? It felt really jumbled to me. Right. But I did, but I liked the story of what was going on. On the moon. On the moon. Um, I like the beginning and how they lured you in, even though it, it's kind of like, oh, I've seen this story before. Right. You know, but they felt lured- like Independence Day at first. Yeah, or uh, that one movie with what, who's this Sandra Bullock and George Clooney, where she gets like, you know, she gets stuck out there in space. You know. Oh, gravity. Yeah, that that shit. 
Yeah, they, like it, it intros guess, to gravity kind of a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she gets spun around a bunch. Yeah, spun around and then they get separated and then you get stuck. But I mean, what what the hell else kind of story are you supposed to do when you're up in the fucking space? So, uh, I mean, that makes sense. I did like the theories that the conspiracy theory guy was doing and stuff that made a lot of sense and how it, it didn't turn out to be exactly what they theorized. Right. That was cool. It's I by liked... the way, conspiracy is cool in a sci-fi sense. I have no problem with it there. Oh right, well, like so... like we've talked about like CERN and we've talked about uh, what right. was it the uh, the Mandela effect? Yeah, Mandela effect. Yeah, and we well, thought we... that was pretty cool, like an interesting concept or idea. And like, what if the Earth was flat? Like these are fun yeah, things to just... think about in a movie. Yeah, yeah, but... the flat Earth thing too. It's I will admit, like it's interesting. It's also interesting that people fall for it, and then so you kind of get into it because you right. want to see why. Like, what is the reasoning why people think this way? And then you're like, oh, okay, I can understand that, but that's not right. Right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like the gravity. I loved all this stuff with the gravity, like on Earth and the orbit shifting. Oh yeah. And and oh, that was cool. Even though they centered it around just Colorado, I don't know why they did that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know either. It's kind of a weird place. I to- think there's a bunker there or something. Didn't we figure that out or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. There was like a military higher bunker up in there the mountains. That's why. Which, okay, how was that going to protect you from the earth shifting? Anyway, water um, flooding. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense too. It's also cool to watch this because we recently watched Don't Look Up, which is oh, also yeah. like end of the world type of and then with the scientists and stuff. So I really think these two movies would go well together. You yeah, know what I'm I saying? I think it'd be a good double feature probably. Yeah. I would probably watch this one first. Yes. And then watch the other one because it's a better movie. Yeah, that's a good idea. But, you know. Seven out of ten. Really? Two. Yeah, seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of teetering there. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not one that I would rush out to buy like 2012 like we did we pre-ordered that oh yeah and we got it on 4K yeah we had to get it on 4K because it looks so good right there's some there is a couple bits of trivia not really anything that much but you know I'm surprised that we kind of agreed on that one at least you know you liked this one more than I like this one than more fucking video drum which just blows my mind <sighs> you're fine. You'll get over it. It bothers me. <laughs> so if you don't want anything spoiled, you can watch the movie. It is available. I think we got it for $20 when we did it, but right. it is coming out soon. So you can just rent it for regular price. I'd probably just wait. Wait till it's streaming. Wait till it's streaming or sure you can it rent it for five ninety nine or something like that rather than spend $20 on it because we really felt like... That's it's too much. Yeah, but it was my birthday and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to watch. And I like disaster porn movies, so you we know. Had fun watching it. Right, right. Okay. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So there's a scene in the movie that I recognize that you probably did too, where they have the wallpaper of the shining. Yep. Only it's 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 the same as the shining, only it's it's a it's a nod to it because the the moon landing, I think. Right. And how, oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, uh, so supposedly this is what they were. They Why they put it in there is like a nod to that. Is that, you know, because like supposedly the idea is, is that Stanley Kubrick was 
going to do the moon landing and they was asked to do the moon landing. This is the conspiracy. Speaking of conspiracies. And he faked it for everybody to believe because he's such a genius and he knew exactly what he was doing because he did 20, you know, Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey, yeah. Yeah. So they thought that he did the movie and that they faked the moon landing and that's why. And I think it's pretty interesting because they do have the same wallpaper on there, only it's like a green color and it's not the carpet. Yeah, it's the same one as the carpet. From The Shining. Not the wallpaper in the room, which we know that looks like, too. I'm talking about the green. They did the wall, the floor pattern in green and blue rather than black and orange and yellow. Yeah. Oh, so they they did purposely do that. I mean, that's what they're saying. I mean, they're, they're that it was done to kind of nod, make a nod. They don't It's oh, okay. not confirmed. Oh, no, I just asked that because a lot of hotels now have that design. Yeah. As a nod to the stamp, the the hotel in the movie. Okay, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. The pattern's kind of. I've seen the pattern floating around out there again, like it's in people's homes and shit. Yeah, it's in our home. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like wallpaper wise right. or something. Josh Gad was supposed to play the part of Casey in this movie. I'm kind of glad he didn't. I Who's think, he? I think this guy is a little green under the ears, but he was more enjoyable and more believable than Josh Gad. I liked, I liked him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I liked the, the guy that was in this movie rather than Josh Gad. He's in another bigger guy in movies. Oh, okay. Wasn't he in, like, Parks and Rec or something? I don't remember what he was in, but yeah, he he's, he's recognizable. I've seen him in other stuff. During the fight chase scene inside of the moon, KC mentions ludicrous mode which people may assume that this is in reference to the Tesla car mode of the same name. Move, bitch. Get out the way. Yeah, due to a number of times Casey praises Elon Musk, which he does a lot in the movie, Ooh. which was kind of weird and unsettling. Yeah. Uh, however, the term is not a Tesla invention, but rather a direct reference to space balls in which Dark Helmet calls for ludicrous ah, speed. Ah, even better. Right. That's where they go. Like <laughs> You see like plaid as the pattern mm-hmm. when they're going. Yeah. <laughs> Ludicrous speed. Um, now, they say they talk about some of the sort of scientific background of this and that the moon's orbit being altered in chunks of the moon falling to the earth is the same plot line as the beginning of Flash Gordon, by the way. <laughs> Ming the Merciless alters the moon's orbit, which is discovered by Hans Zarkov, and he ends up firing himself and Flash and Dale Arden into space to find the source of the power affecting the moon. So that's interesting. I mean, what do you do, though, when you've already done 2012, which is like every disaster movie thrown into one? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you already did Independence Day, so it's like you can't. What are you going to do? You got aliens in this. You got to change it up. What did you think about them being um, nanobots or whatever? Did you? It made oh, sense that the... they could, like, fly through space or something like that, I guess. I just thought of the Matrix. Like, I just thought it was the Matrix. Really? Like, oh, it's the Matrix thing. What about the hollow moon theory? Being in this movie, do you think it was like they were trying to pay credence to it, like give like rational thought towards it? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I was, I mean, I don't know. At first, I was like, oh god, it's one of those. Like, I didn't realize yeah. how big the, the the hollow moon theory is. Oh, is it? Big? But but they do talk about the Dyson sphere, and that is the one legitimacy that you do get in this movie, mm-hmm. is that they've been talking about how advanced technologies, advanced planets, would like harvest other planets for the materials to be able to create a mega structure around a sun, oh. in order to use it and harness its power for you know being able to basically get unlimited fucking power power unlimited power 
So that's what they did with the moon, and I guess they brought the moon out here. It didn't really make sense that they would just take the sun with them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't know that you could just move it like that. Like, is that how it works? I don't know. You could just take a floating thing in the... It, why was it just chilling on the moon? Like, why didn't it just come to Earth? Like, it should be... Wait, been... what? No. W- what coming to Earth? What are you talking about? The, Earth, oh, the, the na- sun? The nanobots. Oh. <laughs> because they, they were going after the alien civilization that started the planet but yeah i don't know oh yeah that didn't really make sense because it's still cool (laughs) maybe they sensed the vibrations of it on there before they sensed it well you think there would be more vibration on earth than there would be this little tiny thing on the moon well ai would have a protocol so they would have to be very it would be very specific. specific yeah so that would be ai for you right yeah. Which I thought was interesting in the movie where they like, when you find out that there's other aliens that are saving all the guys from the yeah. uh, AI. Yeah, that was cool. And then you find out that it was fucking humans. So it's like, it's just us millions of years ago, which explains everything, by the way. Makes more sense than the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they explain, it would explain how we were able to cut stone so well. How, you know, the structures, because they talk about how they were on this other planet and they show it mm-hmm. and they even show like the like Aztec pyramids with the flat top. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah. In, on the planet or whatever. So I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know. It was interesting to see that we were like, we killed off our population by AI and they, they implanted the DNA into the planet so that it would rebirth us mm-hmm. in some way so that humanity would have a chance to survive. And then destroy ourselves. Again. Again. <laughs> yeah, just repeat. Yeah. yeah, just repeat. Yeah, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Woo-hoo! <laughs> they really should put that on the cover. Makes This movie makes more sense than the Bible. BTV cast. No, because then people would be really upset. They would fucking cancel the movie because they, you know, they're against cancel culture. (laughs) (laughs) No, because this gives credence to the fucking crazies out there anyway. You know what I mean? Right. You know, I'm not saying you're crazy, but I'm just saying, like, you might be. (laughs) We all are. This is my descent. I don't know. It, 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 I'm I'm more of a prove it to me because I don't have time to fucking spend my life on it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah. But, yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was okay. Haley didn't really stand out. Patrick Wilson just felt very Patrick Wilson-y. John Bradley, who played KC, was decent. I thought he was, I liked the KC. Oh, I also didn't mention uh, Donald Sutherland makes a appearance. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Donald Sutherland's in this movie, which makes sense because he's amazing. <clears throat> oh, and by the way, that, that kid who was in the movie who plays uh, Sonny, the mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson son, mm-hmm. he was in Spontaneous. That's where I get confused with. Yeah, is that what I said? Yeah, but I'm oh, just okay. saying. Like I, I was, con- I thought he was the kid from the path. Oh yeah, that okay. That's when we were right. watching the movie, I kept saying, "Well, is that the kid from the path?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's the kid from Spontaneous." Spontaneous. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, which you should watch that movie if you get a chance. It's, it's actually cute. pretty fun. It's decent. Yeah. Cute. Um. Do you want to talk about some favorite scenes or? I liked the beginning part when they were introducing the Casey character and he was like the janitor and he like broke into this college building to go steal data from a professor who was like <laughs> yeah. 
tracking the thing and then he goes and then he's at the diner at his job. Like, <laughs> I love that whole right. Scene. And he's really like, funny. I love that he's like when he was like actually like talking to one of the the people there and they're like, I want this and that and he gets a phone call mm-hmm. and then he's like talking on the phone and he's like, right, right, I'll get you those for you and he goes outside and he's like, you need to take me serious. I'm a doctor and I have I have the biggest find of the entire world. <laughs> And he's like at a diner working, <laughs> which is just so weird. But yeah, I like that part too. Yeah, but it does. But I think that's because it sounds like they really um, they they devalued scientists and stuff. You know, in the movie, because like once uh, Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson did their mission, all of a sudden it's like they totally retired out like NASA pretty much because later on they had no spaceships so they had to get one from a museum. <laughs> the other thing that I, I kind of bothered me actually was they were always using satellite phones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> while the moon is literally orbiting the Earth. Screwing up the orbit, yeah. That's literally rolling against the atmosphere of the Earth. There's no way that those things would be in orbit. Right. <laughs> There, there's no way it right. would just not happen. There's yeah, there'd a, be nothing. There'd be yeah, we no would have tra- no satellite no phones. Transmission whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing, but yeah. And then there's gravity problems on Earth. Like, come on. Yeah, because the the moon makes. Is well, I know why. Shift. Of course. So I thought it was cool. Yeah, I don't know if that it would, could happen. I don't know if it would be it, like that. It could happen. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting though. I don't think there's that much gravity on on the moon though, so it wouldn't be that. Well, it wouldn't be about gravity on the moon. It would be. Yeah, it would be because you would be pulled in both directions. So the moon right. would be have to be stronger for to pull you off the Earth. Would it be the moon or would it? See, to me, in my head, I think that the Earth. <laughs> no, think about it this if way. We got shifting, Earth gravity, which is really strong. Yeah. Because it's not a dead rock. Right. But if it moves. I don't know. You know? Wouldn't no, it- no. It has nothing to do with momentum or anything like that. It has to do with the power we don't understand gravity, first of all, a hundred percent. But all I can say is, is that gravity on Earth is more is ten, fifteen times stronger than on the moon. Yeah. You can hop on the moon and you will float for a couple seconds. Right. Okay. Whereas on Earth You don't. You can't. You just fucking <laughs> you just fucking fall. So if face. the earth if the moon was crashing onto the earth and, and it was rolling over us and we were getting the static charge in between two batteries essentially. Oh. It would be pulling you one way over the other. Okay. But there would not be enough gravity to be lifting up I don't know how they would do that. Unless it's just breaking up the earth. Well, so. whatever. Look cool in the movie. That's so, I mean, it is a sun under the moon, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not very strong because they walked on the fucking moon. Right. So, or did they? Or did they? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they had, didn't they have that team of uh, Chinese astronauts that went to, or Japanese or Chinese that went to the moon on the dark side of the moon? I don't know. Has there been like this whole discussion about people like owning part of the moon and like, because like, other countries are interested in the moon suddenly all of a sudden like they want to be on the moon oh you mean when there there was a space race oh i have no idea yeah china went to the dark side of the moon they orbited around the dark side of the moon Did they find anything i don't know was there nazis i never, I never heard Na- about it were the nazis there yeah <laughs> hitler's so, there with a fucking dinosaur they're hiding yeah this is his wunderbar blow it up the wunderbar nuke it oh god that's nuke all we it. need now Let's get the bunker ready. Yeah. He's coming back. Oh, great. <laughs> I don't know. This this movie was a little disappointing for me, but to be fair, it's, it's you know, I should have expected as much. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever going to beat 2012. 
Right. Nothing. Nothing. There's no storyline that would be as, as crazy as that, you know what I mean, to ever top it. And if it was, it would just be try. It would be like it's trying to borrow from 2012. Right. I do need to. We do need to rewatch. I need to watch Day After Tomorrow. I remember hating that movie, but I think it's not that good. That's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal and everybody freezes to death. I, I just remember them running from the cold, and then Mexico having to let the Americans in. Well, I kept thinking about the time when when uh, gasoline would freeze. I was like, oh, does gasoline freeze? Does, does that freeze? Like at, at, at certain temperatures, it does. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. But Superstorm would cause. You know, yeah, all of that. So, which is interesting. I don't know. Super freeze. Super freeze. Super freeze. And would would Mr. Freeze come out of that movie? <laughs> and Mr. Arnold freeze. come out and be like, hey, everybody, it's not so warm. <laughs> is it for you? <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. When you know, We kept it kind of short on Moonfall. But, you know, it's my birthday. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be doing the streaming tonight or not. I'm just going to play it by ear, you know. Hey, it's your birthday week. Yeah. Fuck it. Birthday week. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but maybe I'll do a, a stream on uh, tonight for you guys and just hang out for a couple hours just to say, hey, have a fuck a couple drinks with Christina or something like that. Your birthday is Thursday. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Never mind. Let me try that again. <laughs> I usually stream on Mondays and Wednesdays and Saturdays. So I might, I don't know what we'll do on Monday. I, I probably will stream and then we'll celebrate it on Wednesday night for a couple hours or something like that with Christina. I will join you. Because my birthday is technically on, on Thursday. So I hope to see some of you guys. I know that you don't like games and stuff, some of you, but we don't just talk about games there. We like talk about everything. We have a, usually have a pretty good time having a few laughs about <gasps> certain things. Maybe we can watch some of the like random videos. I don't know. We'll see. We'll do something interesting, but uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming by this week. I hope you had an enjoyable time. We'll be back for a new episode next week. Do we know what we're watching? Nope. Do you want to watch house of the dead one and two? Oh, God. Yes. Okay. Because oh, one of my Twitch viewers and also podcast listeners, Plemke, who donates movies to us all the time, donated the uncut funny version oh, of, shit. of the uh, House of the House Dead, Dead 1, Fuck. which we have the, the, the theater version. But he has the director's cut he got for There's us. There's a director's cut? Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's supposedly the better version. I don't know. Yeah, I've we'll never see. Eaten. We'll see. I got stories. I got stories about going and seeing that. So we've been meaning to do it for a long You're time right. anyway. So You're right. I'm just I'm just a little surprised. I just got to get mentally prepared. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting week. You'll probably hear a lot of bad jokes and uh, us like slapping ourselves over and over again why did we watch this but it'll be worth it so hope you tune in next week for a brand new episode thank you guys so much and as always happy birthday alex i love you love the boy <laughs>